A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican patois. And a fair start. A Safa Pound. Usain Bolt is also out well. Here they come down the track. Usain Bolt. It's a story of music, sport, and style. How its rhythms, athletes, and language went global. Pull up, pull up. This is how Jamaica conquered the world. Now available on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. The podcast for people who didn't know it had. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. This is Dumb to Dumb, the show about the reality docudrama that descended on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown. R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, and I'm here today with my little pixie, Lucy V. Freeman. As you can probably tell, we have a new editor at Dumpty Dum, who's kicked off the old presenters. You'll have to get used to some new voices, and to us acting out of character. Just to let you know, that my granddad used to be the doctor, and Lucy's grandma was my sidekick. In case you're worried about Derek, well he's fine, because his granddad used to be a Dalek. Anyway, on with the show. So Ella's the same age as Tilly then? Yes. And the little one, Quincy's five? He was Four. four two days ago. Oh, so he, oh, we, oh so you weren't there for his birthday, or were you? Yeah, yeah I was there for his ah, birthday, ah. and then he has a party um, today. Oh. With his little school pals. Oh. Yeah, all right. But he, he's, he's going to be a bloody brain box, that boy. He's very he? clever. Yeah, he was playing with his um, Legos, Lego Crazy, and I bought him this police truck. And um, he was saying, the villain is in the back. I went, I beg your pardon. He says, Daddy, it's the villain. I went, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You know, not not the bad guy. Not the baddie. The, yeah, the villain. the villain. Excellent. Boy, after my own heart. Mm. So how are things there? No, no, good, good. The, yeah. Um, yeah, me and Noah, Noah and I. No, it is me and Noah, isn't it? Mm. There's, oh, no, there's, a, there's a podcast. There's a podcast which you really should listen to called The History of English. It is phenomenal. 
phenomenal yeah yeah done by a guy called Kevin Stroud an American and you kind of think by definition you're not qualified to do such a thing if you're American but he um, is up to the just before the Normans invade is where he's up to at the moment and it's not you know it's history but it's not you know history Mm. history you know and like he was doing pronouns and the fact that uh, our pronouns uh, the root of them um haven't changed for, for since mm. the Anglo-Saxon period, but mm. how you um, is actually derived from French. That's a French Norman influence, and yeah. yeah, yeah, and how you was um, a polite way of um, you know um, addressing somebody, and uh, and you know we used to say thou, and mm. how. You know, the thou is is a relic. Is a relic is still left over only in the Bible and any kind yeah. of in poetry. But how that was how you spoke to your nearest and the dearest, and and it was only when you. Spoke but in to... Yorkshire, they still use a version of that, which yes. is thou. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's just phenomenal, and you would you'd absolutely love it. I really recommend it. The the history of English, uh, it's just absolutely brilliant. You know, and it's done how we got the alphabet, and that's via the Phoenicians. Yeah. The, you know that was the Phoenicians and the sound of the letters and how the sound of various vowels have actually changed and generally they move forward. So, um, so E used to sound like I and um, O used to sound like U. You know they they shift forward. Mm. You know over the period of time. Uh, oh, it's just absolutely fucking phenomenal. You just got to listen to it. There's there's about a good forty shows and he's and he's only up to. Um, just before the Normans invade, so he's doing a whole kind <laughs> of uh, Viking influence and all the words with SK, which are fundamentally uh, yeah. Scandinavian, you know, skills and skate and whatever, and, you know, oh, brilliant. Ooh. I did, um, at university, I studied, for the first year, I studied um, uh, Anglo-Saxon English. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, a, what, there's one word in Anglo-Saxon English that means in the middle of the garden. And it's one word, and it's neoxenawanga. <laughs> neoxenawanga means in the middle of the garden. And I just, I really like it. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, you know what? We, what? we should best do this because I can yes. hear a little, little cue ball walking oh. down the stairs or something. He's got a little... He... Oh, I can hear him. Oh, one minute. QE? Oh, you know what? Let's just let's just try and do this. Okay. All right. This is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centred in Ambridge, in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown, who's hovering under the mistletoe. Mm-hmm. And with me, I have <laughs> Lucy Freeman, who is sat on Santa's knee and broke it. And the last part of her, oh, me heart is you. <clears throat> um, uh, there's a bit of a Lucy Freeman esque clearing hey, of the throat. Yeah. Ella. I'm in the middle of recording, honey. I know, that's why I did it. I know, but 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 don't <laughs> love. <laughs> <clears throat> um, um, I'm clearing my throat, Lucy, because yeah. I've been told I need to make an apology. To who? To you. The the interweb seems to think that I was hard on you last week, Freeman. Um, Philippa well, Davy. Well, I. Uh, yes. Well, uh, Philippa Davy on the Twitters admonished me and said that I should not tell you to shut up. Because now I'm wearing glasses, I look super intelligent, and I should instead say, "Would you desist, please?" So from now on, I'm going to be nicer, and I'm going to use "Would you desist, please?" 
and okay. and um, never shall we revisit uh, Dumpty Dum number thirty five ever again. What, what what do you mean you're wearing glasses? Um, yes, because I'm getting old and my eyesight's failing me. I went to the opticians and he Was said... like the day after your birthday? He said, you're now officially old. Here are your bifocals, your National Trust sticker to go in the back <laughs> of the car, your flat cap and your licence to drive at 20 miles an hour on the wrong side of the road. Well, f- funny you should say that. that. I mean, doing exactly that in Canada. I am driving <laughs> on the wrong side of the road at 20 <laughs> miles an hour because everybody's going the wrong bloody way. <laughs> well, that's never, it's, that's up to you to teach them the, the right way then, isn't it? Mm, I, I think that'll be a recipe for disaster if I start driving on the left-hand side of the road and go, no, 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 no. To I'm... make a colonial point. Exactly. <laughs> it is our civil right. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Sorry, I need to apologise for that. I'm not suggesting that all pensioners wear flat caps and drive on the wrong side of the road. I was just thinking about my grandpa and grandma who were very, very small and all you could see of them was the top of his cap and usually a National Trust sticker in the back, furry car seats and um, usually a flask. Yes, so it just reminded me of that. Sounds a bit like my dad who's also a pensioner. So, Is it? Very accurate description of all pensioners. <laughs> and I think if you're a no, pensioner... No, not all pensioners! Oh, they're all, they all dress the same. They, <laughs> they really do. They really do. So if you're a pensioner and you don't wear a flat cap, please feel free to call in and tell us so. But only if you have photographic evidence of you without a flat cap. Now, today's festive rendition of Barrett Green was brought to you by Paul Room and the cheeky little impression of me and Freeman was courtesy of Sean Geraghty. Um, I, I did. Made me laugh too. Well done, Sean. <laughs> Ella B, d- just try and be quiet, hun. I know you're doing your best. I'm trying. I know you are, but just try a teensy bit harder. Lucy? Yes? Can you remind our listeners how to win the accolade of Dum Dee Dummer of the Week if they so would wish to win it? Yes. If you are up to your elbows in sausage meat, the cat's peed on the wreath and you've got confused with the wrapping and accidentally given your five-year-old nephew a bottle of scotch for Christmas, then relieve the tension by leaving us a voicemail on speakpipe on dumptydum.com or leave us a message on 0203-031-3105. Thank you to Harriet at Shambridge again for her amazing voices and to Derek for the load of the back bedroom. He's asked us to pass on his Christmas uh, best wishes to you all. His... Uh, naturist uh, group he's busy he's packing stuff up to send out his naturist group has made a calendar for the new year for a charity fundraiser thing apparently the naturist over 60s group needs a lot of support uh, particularly the trampolining team <laughs> I listened this week well done yeah, that's good, good. That's good, that's good. Um, can I just um, give a quick shout out to the wonderful very clever and talented Harriet have you yes. heard her Downton mashup with Ambridge not yet no I've still got to listen to that it's, I've saved it on my phone it is most excellent I don't even listen to Downton and, and uh, I thought that was bloody funny and very very good She's amazing, uh, Harriet. She's just quietly so brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, But we do pay the big bucks, you know, so we, we demand do. nothing but the best. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that amount of money that we pay to impress on this show. But no, people, please listen to Sandbridges on SoundCloud. It's very, very good. Christmas edition. Now, call the innerers this week are Jan from Cannes who wants me to make a detour. Jeremy Smith, who has been cheered up by the new characters. Bloody hell. I know. 
it, there's on. one. It, it, yeah. There's always an outlier, isn't there? There's always there one. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Room, he's worried about exposing himself. And Sarah Brown, who's as mad as an elf. Now, we also have calls from Yokel Bear, who's only half listening. John Cop, who had the misfortune of listening to feedback. Oh, God, feedback and money box. <laughs> and John, who is thankful. But first, before all that, Lucy Freeman, Santa's little helper, please do tell us about the last week in Ambridge. Fallon began the week talking about chocolate logs. I know we all overindulge at this time of year, but there's no need for that kind of frankness, Fallon, particularly when people are trying to enjoy a cream tea at the Christmas cuff craft fair um, harassment poked his nose nose in clearly showing an unhealthy interest in chocolate logs and was greeted with warm enthusiasm by the omnipresent carol toboggan who to my knowledge has never clapped eyes on him before uh, josh passed his driving test did some unconvincing loud drunk acting and if this means we're going to have another fortnight of a riveting search for a second-hand car like we did with pip then i am going to hand in my resignation as an archers fan Mind you, now Ruth and David are sitting on 85 squillion million pounds. He'll probably be spotted driving around the farm in a Bentley Continental. <laughs> now, Pip seems to have developed the irritating pauses in her speech that Charlie Barber Spreadsheet and New Tom both have. She wants to start farming Weetabix or something. I wasn't listening. It was the usual nonsense about it would mean a big investment. Oh, but we have to move with the times, daddy-o. Well, we'll think about it and so on until the end of time. Robert Snell has been reduced to being a noises off and all anyone is saying to him is could you shut that door please Robert whereupon he bashes a few more cupboard doors together and that's it Linda is being utterly vile to Lillian about Blythe Spirit which looks as if it's going to end up having fewer laughs in it than Panorama or Miranda if the script writers <laughs> if the script writers I don't like this... that programme at all um, oh god but anyway, <laughs> I've been, um, you've got an email saying that I interrupt too much. So, yes. Uh, so I'm trying my best not to. <laughs> it's going very well. Yes. Oh, you are. Seriously, you're not doing it hardly at all, are you? Apart from I've just interrupted myself, I think. Anyway. Exactly. Yes, it's all me. Um, if the script if the script writers pull this blithe spirit thing out of the bag, I shall give them unto half my kingdom. Douglas Harrington made a completely pointless silent appearance. No one knows their lines, and the standard lamps demanding a full biog in the program. However, to cheer Linda up, Jimus and Carol Toboggan did an excellent job at the undercover dogging. Carol asked whether Jimus wanted him to be her lover or her wife. He said, "I think we should split up." so they look more like the rest of Ambridge, presumably. The Save campaign has discovered that Ambridge is going to be a little more than a gigantic floodlit IKEA warehouse, which will presumably make Susan very happy as you get the impression that she would secretly love Ambridge to just become a massive car park. Jimmer said he was a crack detective, which must be relatively easy in Ambridge as there are so many huge asses. What we did <laughs> discover was that Justin Elliott is planning on raising Brookers to the ground. He's going to bring in an architect and presumably Kevin MacLeod from Grand Designs, who will be the next Archer's special guest. Brookers will be transformed into one of those homes that MacLeod continually refers to as unique, even though it looks exactly like all the others in the series. There will be a glass wall, underfloor lights, a ceiling 80 foot high, an ironic bread oven, and a pointless passageway that Kevin MacLeod will refer to as a narrative journey between the living space and the landscape, or some pants. And the whole thing will have as much warmth and family atmosphere as the bridge on the Starship Enterprise. Uh, Roy rang Haley, but she I said quite she. I like that programme, though. 
Him they decide. Grand designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not appointment viewing for me, but if I'm channel surfing and I bump into it, I was going, oh, all right. Let's whoa, 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 whoa. What's appointment viewing? You know, where you go, right, it's 5.15, it's time for Cracker Jack on a Friday. <laughs> but, you know, but... Oh, uh, I miss Cracker Jack. Oh, Sorry. It's Sorry. very good. It's very good. Cracker Jack pen. But, um, but no, so that's what appointment viewing is. And it's not appointment viewing for me. But you flick, a, flick along your TV and it's always on some digital channel 4 channel. Mm. Isn't it running on a loop? That can come dying with me. And uh, whenever it's, it's on... Thing every week. It's on. Uh, there's a couple who've got more money than sense and they've got a perfectly nice house or they want to turn a compost heap into a 12-bedroom bungalow or something. And they knock it down and then they live in a caravan and then we have this... It's actually like 20 minutes of actual stuff happening and sort of 30 minutes of recaps on what's just happened. And then he says, oh, what will happen? Will they Will they get in there in time for Christmas? And they do. Don't you that, think? That's not true, actually. There's very frequently, if not always, there's a budgetary overspend. And, of course there is. And they, it's never finished on time. It's never finished on time. But if something happens... It gets finished, I'll give you that. It's not, it's not exactly a crisis point then, is it? No, listen, it's not a crisis point. But I don't watch it for the faux drama that they throw in. Oh, will they get it finished before they go bankrupt? Because no one ever goes bankrupt and no. they always eventually get it finished. But in terms of clever usage of space, I think there you can learn a lot from that show. Yes, you are right. Invariably, half the, half the houses look like some... Um, Scandinavian flat pack kind of uh, or an airport lounge yeah but I actually quite like that you know and um, I don't like things looking too homely however really? I think you're putting nah, that homely isn't really me I've got a bit of a design eye I like strong clear lines I like uh, kind of um, the golden perspective in terms of proportional space I love all of that but then again, I, I did design. So I look at that and I go, yeah. hmm, they've done something quite clever there. Not always. You know, the people do, there are some kind of flights of fancy and, and it's a bit much. But fundamentally, I quite like the show. However, you knock it from your Middle England perspective of looking at things, <laughs> little Miss Twee. You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Twee 17, that's where I live. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's not appropriate for the middle of a farm thing, is it? Oh, you were talking about Justin Elliott now? Yes. Sorry, I've, I've reverted back because I suddenly remember we were doing a podcast about the Archers. Um, you know, he's, he wants to sort of bring in an architect and everything and he'll have glass, bloody great glass doory, windowy things, won't he? Glass walls looking out over the anaerobic digester. No, he won't. What he's going to do is he'll just He won't have... because Jill's not going to let him. She'll beat him to death with I her know. That, this, that's going to be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, isn't yeah. it? She's going to say, you're not knocking down my brookers. She'll have a fist fight and then she'll go into cardiac arrest. Mm. I don't want her to die. I know you don't like Hootie Jill, but I really do. For me... I don't want her to die. I'd like us a bit, bit, bit rich. I'm d- just because I have a much... She irritates me slightly. I don't want her to die. Oh, that, that's good then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you best crack on with this monologue. Sorry, yes. That person that emailed you to say yes. there's too many interruptions <laughs> of your monologue is going to be 
frothing at the mouth if they're still listening. Yes, they probably switched off ages ago. Um, Roy rang Haley, but she said she couldn't talk as she was in the middle of the ball ring with Otto, presumably. <laughs> I can't. I can't talk, Roy. He's coming at me. We had a thoroughly appalling glimpse into the true horror of Christmas at Gay Grables. They seemed to be playing some sort of Calypso version of Christmas carols on a Hammond organ. And no one was playing with sad Roy's organ. So he went and had a little cry <laughs> in the cup. Anyway, Kate will soon be back. And Jennifer's hoping she'll be able to build some bridges. Has Jennifer ever met Kate? She's more likely to blow up the bridges and do a tribal dance in the rubble. <laughs> but in one of the week's most irritating scenes, we had David, Jennifer and Brian all attending Justin Elliott's shoot. So this is Jennifer, key part of the Save campaign, Brian, who has resigned from the BL board because of Justin, and David, who is being vilified by the whole of the village for his association with Justin, who all had their noses so far up Justin's bottom you could hardly see their feet. Jennifer giggled oh, away... Can uh, I just what? say one thing? Yes. Right. Did you see that picture that was tweeted by that Chilean radio station? No. It's absolutely outrageous. Now, I know that we have young listeners, but um, some... Never mind young listeners. Am I going to have to brace myself for this as well? Well, noses at bottoms, right, no. is the thing that just reminded me. So this went out live on air. This woman had to do something to uh, to get some tickets to, to go to some concert or something or another. I, I kind of forget. But they tweeted a picture of her with her nose up the DJ's bottom. <gasps> There's been absolute outrage. You know, it's obviously this is some kind of shock jock and people just do whatever, but this went Good too far. God. A, she did it. A, he asked her to do it. B, she did it. C, they tweeted out the picture. Oh, hell and damnation has come down on them. And, oh, God, yeah. And, yes, and there's a... Uh, if people want to see such a thing... Um, uh, it's there on the interweb. Unbelievable. Could you imagine somebody doing that to, to Steve Wright in the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind in the afternoon, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Outrageous the things that people do on uh, Chilean radio. My God, can you imagine the Chilean version of feedback? <laughs> <laughs> well, she was very close to the DJ's feedback, wasn't she? <laughs> Lord. Good Lord indeed. Good Lord indeed. It was one of those things you just go, that it cannot have happened. But it, it happened. Unbelievable. I can't think of anything. I can't, No, I can't, I can't think of anything that even if I got the chance to have dinner with Alan Bennett, I still don't think I'd do that. And I can't imagine Alan Bennett would want to have dinner with me after I'd had... <laughs> God. <laughs> so, how about... What would you do to have dinner with George Clooney? Yeah, I'm not that fussed about him. Are you not? No. Oh, actually, not he's him. a bit too handsome for you, though, isn't he? You like him kind of insipid and kind of... <laughs> insipid and white-looking, not ruggedly handsome and, and white-looking. <laughs> but anyway, listen, let's crack on with this monologue and then we can Josh about afterwards. Uh, Jennifer giggled away girlishly when told she was a good hostess. What about those dumplings, said Charlie. I'm not sure you should be talking to her. <laughs> so while they're all there, simpering away and smarming around Justin, the three people in the village who have no connection with farming whatsoever are working their asses off trying to stop the devastation of their rural heritage. Twas ever thus. The end. There you go, I've ended on a political note for Christmas. I must admit, my mind was elsewhere. I was thinking, 
right. I, I need to explain <laughs> to people. Yes, I need to explain that he dropped his trousers and everything. Don't just think, folks, that she just put her nose in the DJ's bum crack. Um, and he had his trousers and his pants. Children, listen to this, Roy Fields. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And uh, we have a little note actually about children listening later on, which yes. we'll come to. Um, but so um, it's not just talking about bum cracks. <laughs> no, it's not. But you did bring up bum cracks first. You really I did. did. Mm. When you said like Jimus was a crack detective, I thought you meant he was on the hunt for cocaine. Ah. That's what actually what I thought. You know, with old uh, Cuddly Toboggan being some drug dealer. Drug dealer. Um, did you hear the episode of the um, of the part the shoot? I did. It, did you not think it was one of the most nauseating things you've ever heard? I didn't really know where it went, and you're completely right that you know. Yes, David's a crack shot, and that's what I learned. From right, it again. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. <laughs> He's a dead this shot. Is sponsored by crack. <laughs> He's a dead shot. Um, and there was Adam getting all angry. He's an angry person, Adam, isn't he? He and is. Just, oh, yeah, I, I, hmm. You know, Justin Elliott being all incredibly charismatic and charming. I didn't think he was that charismatic and charming. I thought he was a little bit kind of creepy myself. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. And exactly, Bynes just been booted off the board. But there was. But no... it was like over and above smarminess. I mean, I I wouldn't have gone. Full stop. Mm. But not only did they go, they were saying, oh, thank you so much. And Justin's so charming, you know, to his face. It was just, it was unbelievable. Just incredibly, uh, yeah, just just really, really um, nauseating and sycophantic and just Uriah Heepish kind of oh we're so grateful to you Justin we're so grateful to you when he's caused you know single handedly caused all the trouble in the village practically no I wouldn't say all the trouble in the village it didn't cause um, Roy it didn't cause Roy and Elizabeth yeah exactly you can't blame him on that but you know what I mean the the, the whole Route B thing is all to do with him and then they're all going and it's just nuts bonkers Mm. and David's really gone down in my estimation but I suppose he's in a bit of a hard and tricky position. But just whilst I'm here, my little kiddlywinks over here in Canada land, they, uh, we went um, to a friend's kind of lodge a couple of years ago and I was by far the worst. Noah knocking these cans off of this fence. It, Ella picked up this little air rifle, bang, knocked, you know, was hitting these things. I was all over the place. But their video game kid, you know, from the video game generation. So for them, it was incredibly easy. You know, no one nearly wet his pants as to how bad I was. (laughs) 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 You know, the the guy kept on bringing the the target closer and closer. He says, come on, Dad, come on, Dad. (laughs) Just hit it with the end of the gun, that will do. <laughs> Throw the gun at the target. <laughs> but no. But anyway. Um, so um, now we've done that, shall we do some caller inners? Yes. Cool. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Hello. 
Hi Lucy and Royfield, this is Jeremy Smith, I'm a first time caller in error. I tweet as, well, as Jeremy Smith, but with the funny spelling. If you want to know what I do for a living, I'm a data conversion analyst, but if I told you what that meant, then you'd probably be sorry you asked. I've been meaning to call in for ages, but I hate the sound of my own voice. So if you could edit me and make me sound like I have a deeper voice, then that would be really good. I've been listening to The Archers since about 1998, and I really got into it a few years later when I moved to the US, because it was that link to home, like other people have said. Now I'm back in the UK, living in Wales. I just wanted to say about the scene with New Josh and New Pip last week. I've been having as much trouble as everyone else getting used to the, all of the new voices, and I'm disappointed to hear there's going to be a new Kate as well, because I thought Kelly Bright was brilliant. But anyway, the scene with New Josh and New Pip, that gave me hope that there's a reason for these new actors coming in, and that they really want to develop these younger characters into proper characters. For a while there it seemed like there wasn't going to be anyone left in Ambridge under the age of 70, so I do have a good feeling about this. The other thing I wanted to say was it's Christmas next week Lucy, so I hope you've remembered the Christmas present I, I asked for and that was to have your review of the year in Ambridge. Cheers guys. Uh, Jeremy Smith, the data conversion analyst. Um because you told everyone they had to tell us what they did. And now they've all started doing it, but after we threatened them, we'd, we'd make stuff up if they didn't. Uh, I think you sound very nice. Why do all the men that ring in want to have deeper voices and all the women worry that they have funny accents? We did, the, the first half of nearly everyone's calls them the first time are, I wish I sounded different, largely. <laughs> um, he wants a review of the year. I th- are we going to do, I think what we're going to do is put lots of uh, monologues together, aren't we? Uh, yeah, and, and cut and... it up with calls and things like that. Yes, yes. And that will yes. be, we're doing that next week. Yes. Cool. Right. Apologies for not sending in a caller inner piece last week, but I feared I was getting as overexposed as Carol Tregoran. Also, I came down with a jolly seasonal bug and spent the weekend moaning and groaning with the snuffles. Another reason for my decline was my world being turned upside down. Unbelievably, when talking with three people on separate occasions last week who know not of my love of the archers, they used the phrase, right you are. In my delirium, it felt as if real life was now the archers, and somehow everyday life had merged with that in Ambridge, with some strange disruption of the space-time continuum. I thought, Royfield, that you sounded a bit down in the dumps last week and in need of cheering up. I was dismayed to hear you say I wouldn't care if you stayed in Canada. Of course I would. I would be distraught if the Atlantic separated us and would sense it in the podcasts. I'm sorry I couldn't make your birthday drinks in London as it's hard to get up to the metropolis on a school day. Your birthday has led me to an amazing discovery though that we are twin brothers. You are less than four weeks older than me and obviously what happened is it was a twin birth. You popped out first, then there was a bit of a delay before I arrived, then the inevitable mix-up on the maternity ward and I was taken off by a random couple. I can't wait for the next dumpty dum meet-up for a fond family reunion. Back to the Archers, I've enjoyed the ongoing debate amongst listeners about all the new actors sounding the same and it being confusing. I must say, it really hasn't bothered me. I used to love listening to Ambridge Extra and there were whole swathes of programmes with various Russians and friends of Jamie Perks in different storylines who I struggled to identify. I just lay back and let it all wash over me 
without worrying about who was who. I must admit, I found the whole experience rather pleasant. Happy Christmas to one and all. Paul Rim. His world has been turned upside down because three people unassociated with the archers have said, right, you are, to him. (laughs) Paul, I think these people are following you around. I think it's a bit like the Truman Show and you're part of some massive conspiracy uh, because nobody in my life has ever said, right, you are, to me. And people seem to say nothing else to you. Uh, Yes. And also he thinks that you may be his twin, Royce. I think that's very possible. Mm. Um, my... There is a likeness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both human beings. I think yeah, you're both I... human beings. There's about a five foot height difference for yeah, a start. He's rather rather tall. Um, yeah. We now both wear glasses. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are black. He is white. This is also a, something of a challenge to geneticists. Um, but he's the doctor. Not beyond precedent though is it it's, it's not happened no. before mm-hmm. yeah yeah well he's it a doctor be... so he will know about it he'll know so, so yeah. if he, he says wouldn't say it if it wasn't likely would he no he wouldn't no all. no so it is true then he is your brother <laughs> i love paul rube paul have a wonderful wonderful christmas and um i'll see you in the new year um at mum and dad's house for sunday dinner <laughs> This is very weird. Hello, lovely Dumpty Dum. Long time no listen. Well, no here either. Sarah Brown here. Um, I have been listening to The Archers. I've been catching the occasional snippets of podcasts. But basically, I have been running up to Christmas like a mad elf and uh, haven't really caught up with everything. But I think perhaps I offer a unique perspective on goings-on in Ambridge because I have been listening to The Archers since... I was very tiny. Well, I'm since I was nine, so I've been listening to it for uh, 50 years, really. And uh, frankly, um, I'm not unhappy with all the things that are going on because I've seen odder and more peculiar rural practices taking place in um, Ambridge over the years. And the fact that they might knock Brookfield down, yeah. And the fact that they're going to build a, what to call it, digestory thingy biscuit thing somewhere is, yeah, you know. And even if Carol does turn out to be a witch, that would be hilarious because I'm sure Prue was. Um, anyway couple of things really that I did think were funny this last few weeks um, one is why did Jenny have to tell us so many bloody times that she'd go to Christmas market in Prague I thought that was you know setting her up for being you know some disaster or other but she told us endless numbers of times and then just slipped in a couple of n- n- remarks about oh Kate's coming home for Christmas oh wow really gosh oh yes well think ahead because that's going to bring some delights isn't it with Phoebe and Roy and Haley and everything I particularly did enjoy Haley phoning in her performance this week. I imagine that's what happened. Um, very cheap then for the um, the sound effects, you know, you didn't have to put her voice through a mincer or whatever you do to get the sound of somebody talking on a phone. She goes just ring up and say her piece. And the other thing is, I think um, Daniel might come back from um, his recent Sandhurst trip uh, and he might be a different actor because things do change radically. All the young people seem to have changed into more mature young people and I reckon that Dan's going to come back as Daniel Craig. Um, I don't think the archers are going to bugger off to... Th- Sorry, language, but, you know, Lucy, I have to compete with you, really. I don't think they're going to go 
I really, really do not think that uh, that family are going to go. I think there's going to be some absolutely catastrophic financial disaster where they turn down this huge money offer they've had, massive rows. They're all going to stay in Ambridge and it's going to be possibly a bloodbath, but I certainly don't think they're going to go. And it might all be because of the little butterfly. Things have been sown, haven't they, for us to follow. Um, They may grow into great stories. I'm sure there's more to say, but I'm taking up loads of time. Nice to talk to you. Happy Christmas, everybody. Catch you soon. Bye. Sarah Brown. She's been listening to The Archers since she was nine as well. Um, I liked her saying it was an anaerobic digestive biscuit. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, Hayley did ring in her performance uh, in, the, in the ball river. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also because she's just had a baby. So I don't think she's probably whizzing down to Birmingham very often to record her bits. Um, did you notice? I think you need to say the actress that plays Haley's just had a baby. You're confused, Sorry. people. Yes. Go Lorraine Cody has just had uh, a baby. Uh, and she was very, very, very amazing and lovely. And despite only just having had a baby, came to our award ceremony. Um, and was great Uh, and um, yes I guess that means that she's probably not getting down to uh, Birmingham all that often to record her bits so that explains why she is ringing in her performance Um, I love Hayley she's one of my favourites did you notice by the way Mm. that Pip new Pip didn't sound very enthusiastic about Spencer coming back for Christmas at all but she sounded very interested in Danakin Skywalker coming back. Did you notice? I didn't notice that actually. I did see somebody that somebody said that somewhere on something, but I didn't notice. No, that that was a bit. She too sort of said, "Yeah, Spencer's Spencer's with his parents." Da, da, da. So when's Dan back? Oh, it'd be really good to see him again. Blah blah blah. But they're cousins, aren't they? Of course they're. They're cousins. direct. They're first cousins. So, I mean, there's not going to be some incest storyline is there oh please stop it you see they can have a baby with three heads everything you absolutely oh. do stop it sorry it wasn't just me though it's someone else said it on twitter <laughs> but anyway yes it's like uh, two old ladies just get a bit friendly it's like lesbians lesbians <laughs> storyline oap grey sex <laughs> you know it's like oh come on <laughs> <laughs> Yes, all right then. There's probably a grain of truth to that. But you know, we've had odder storylines. Hello, Dumpty Dummit, Joker Bear here. Um, I just realised I didn't tell you what I do for a living. Now, you'd think it would be international glamour modelling. And to be honest with you, I'd understand why you thought that. But it's not. Um, I'm actually a lecturer at Oxford and I work in a department called International Labour and Trade Union Studies, which is thrilling. Um, I'm sure you'll all be fascinated by it. But um, I may still give it all up for the international glamour modelling because frankly I think I've got what it takes. Anyway on to the archers. Well it's been an interesting week for me with the archers because I've started selectively listening. So all the stuff about Brookfield only half listening when it's on not particularly interested from what I can gather from half listening Justin Elliott's going to basically bulldoze Brookfield to the ground and create an evil lair probably liking James Bond he's probably got a fake lake with missiles underneath or something next thing you know he's holding the world's capitals to to ransom one million dollars and all that kind of stuff or 7.5 million dollars even but where the archers has been brilliant this week is 
Lillian and Linda and the play and Linda just being Linda, Lillian just being Lillian and just the little tensions and lovely little quips um, between them. Just this is this is classic archers. This is kind of people. It's, it's, yeah, what they do and they're putting on a play. It, it happens in Ambridge every Christmas. It's it's all about the dialogue. It's all about the kind of wry smiles that you get of kind of you know when Linda makes a ridiculous statement. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of just trying to tune out the other stuff. Um, also as well tonight it's Sunday. Um, a, a cow in a ditch. Classic archers, if you ask me. It's like the cows in the ditch, they all pull together, cows out of the ditch. Nobody got gored, nobody got crushed. The bulls, the other cow didn't run amok. This is what we want more of. Maybe just have the goring as a kind of once a year thing, maybe. Anyway, that's me for this week. So, yes, okay, bye. The international glamour model that is Yokel Bear. Mm. Uh, that I thought that was a lovely, lovely comment. Yes, the episodes with Blythe Spirit, with Linda and Lillian bickering, getting on each other's wick. Perfect. No one got shot, no one cried, no one developed alcoholism. These were just people <laughs> wrestling with their egos and their petty annoyances. And it was character-led. And that, to me, and I know this is ridiculous, but that, to me, is as engaging as finding out what happens with Jess and the baby. Mm. Which I don't give a tinker's cuss about, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I've said this before. But no, no, absolutely wonderfully written and acted. Yeah. And yes, you know, we, we complain about, the well, the majority of us anyway, complain about the blooming panto every year but actually uh, this is one area where you know we do like to, to kind of complain but uh, they always kind of knock it out the park and it yeah. was absolutely lovely yeah and um i do think linda really needs to have a word with herself i love linda i do adore her but calling somebody in you know calling Lillian in 15 minutes early so she can tell her what she will do and what she won't do you know I, you, there will be no this there will be no that I want you off the book but this is Linda's this is Lillian's spare time she's devoting to this nonsense which is going to be a complete shambles and Linda just you just think who do you think you are sometimes she's the director well yes and producer but, but it was her idea Clearly no one is remotely interested. Otherwise, there'd be a, people would be wanting to be in it. She's having to coerce people to be in the damn thing. And then she's just, once they agree, once she's buttered them up enough to be in it, oh, thank you, you know, then she's just absolutely foul to them. And people would just say, do you know what, Linda? Shove it, I think. Mm. Well, how long have you been doing the pantos? Oh, about 150 years. Mm. And no one's quite said it yet. Well, that's not quite true. People have told her to shove it on occasion. But, mm. you know, the, the production never collapses. She always kind of, mm. you know, yeah. gets it done. She she delivers. She brings it home, yeah. as the Yanks would say. So yeah. I say more, you know, good on her for being a little petty dictator. This is her fiefdom. She wants it done her way. Let her sniff and let it be done her way I, I say and I do agree with what Yoko Bear said last week Alice sling your up you know. yeah but keep <laughs> her and Lillian together the knock it's like when they, it's like when they did the uh, when they went off to the Chelsea Flower Show brilliant yeah. brilliant brilliant yeah. 
have them pair together much more often them as grandmothers them as antagonists you know fantastic lovely I used to when I, I lived in Switzerland for a bit and I was involved with them um, amateur dramatics out there and um honestly the 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 diva like behavior of uh, the egos on amateur dramatics people way way out diva anybody that's actually a proper actress and i remember one of my favorites was um a couple who kind of sort of dominated the whole thing and they directed everything and they were in everything and all that and um she said oh of course well when it was in the west end uh they had uh, Richard <laughs> Richard Burton took Peter's part, <laughs> and I thought I, that should probably be the other way around. But no. Hi, it's Miss Mid City here. In response to last week's podcast, I probably ought to say hello, you two. And the other thing I ought to say because of the timing of this week's podcast is Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to Royfield and Lucy and to Harriet Carmichael, to all the caller innerers and everybody who subscribes to the podcasts. Have a fantastic Christmas and a fabulous new year. And again, in response to last week's podcast, I should point out that I'm not Chief Executive of Coventry City Council. I am, in actual fact, an immigration and family law barrister. So in my immigration work, I do delight in upsetting the Daily Mail and Theresa May, and I don't care which of them is more cross with me. The other thing I do, apart from upsetting right-wing nasty folk, is... um, I do a lot of work involving domestic violence. So that's both in the immigration court and the family courts. In the family courts, I often act for the perpetrator. And in the immigration courts, it's the reverse of that. And I act for the victim. So from my perspective, the Helen and Rob storyline is being handled really well. But around the edges, there is total foolishness going on with Jess and the baby and Rob's family and the his parents and the the dinner that never was that that's been pretty unsatisfactory but I've complained enough about poor storylines as for Roy Field saying last week that Miss Mid-City doesn't give a tinker's cuss if he comes back from Canada to record the podcast or not. Of course I do. How can you say a thing like that, Roy Field? Honestly. Me and you are spa. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We are friend Royfield. We go back long time. What do you say them things for? Just for upset me. You know I care about you and I care about Lucy. I care about everybody who contributes to the podcast because it's such a great show and I have so much fun listening to it and laughing like a drain. Makes up for all those dull hours of actually having to do work. As for um, some of the other things that arose from last week's podcast that were funny and entertaining. The Werner Herzog Klaus Kinski reference was a bit highbrow and erudite, but uh, it wasn't so much about um, mentioning Klaus Kinski, uh, who's a little bit, I don't know what the word is, slightly esoteric possibly, but there was a famous incident between Herzog and Kinski where Herzog threatened Kinski at gunpoint on a film set because he was going to storm off and leave the, the shoot or something. That's not going to happen in Blythe Spirit, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think the actress who plays Linda uh, is going to have a field day with Madame Arcati, so I shall be glued to my radio over Christmas. I might listen to that and repeat it, depending on how good it is, obviously. But as someone said a few weeks ago, it's going to be a bit odd because it's it's actors pretending to be amateur actors, and that's all a bit meta for me. The other two um, stories that I'm going to comment on at this point are this really weird one with the this geological fault that seems to be developing around Ambridge which is threatening to turn the village into some sort of Hollywood disaster movie with a massive sinkhole opening, I can just see it now, and Russell Crowe or Bruce Willis or someone having to parachute in and rescue everybody. All this this hinting at the, there being a problem with the land, now that's bound to put pay to this road that's being proposed. And as a result, people like uh, Alistair and Shula and... Uh, Kenton and Elizabeth who've got plans to spend money as a result of selling their shares in Brookfield there's a cautionary tale developing there and uh, people spending money that they don't have or planning to spend money they don't have and when those dreams fall apart at the seams they will be drumming Ruth and David out of town and not a moment before time in my view anyway those are my thoughts. Merry Christmas once again, and hopefully catch up with you very soon. Tatty, bye. Uh, yes, Miss Mid-City says she does love you, Royfield. Oh. I love it when she does her West Indian thing. I don't understand a lot of what she says, but it's very funny. Um, and blimey, barrister. I would mm. want her on my side, definitely. Well, I would not want to be against her. Bloody hell. Funnily enough, right. Mm. Now, this is partly the reason why I wanted everybody to tell us what they do. Because then, if there is a question that comes up in the plot, let's say if there was um, 
um, a 14 year old boy who's come on the back of a lorry all the way from Afghanistan turned up at Dover then the authorities at Dover says right you got asylum but you need to live in Ambridge right then we can then <laughs> <Honestly>. ask <laughs> we can ask Midmi City um, you know how exactly things um, would work in terms of would he be deported back to Afghanistan um, when he's 18 because that's exactly what is happening to my stepbrother Mohammed, who travelled all hid in the back of a lorry, um, turned up at Dover, and um, he's the most loveliest boy. Um, he's been with our family for about six, seven years. Um, all his family in Afghanistan were dead. His uncle, he only had one relation left. His uncle said, um, just get out of Afghanistan because the Taliban are coming after us. And so he hid uh, for two weeks in the back of this lorry. You know, Daily Mail readers will not like this. He did turn up at Dover and said, asylum. And, you know, I think it's great that our country can take in somebody whose mother and father were murdered. And now the Home Office, he was detained two weeks ago and the Home Office is saying, we're going to send you back to Afghanistan. He's gone through the school system. He's actually working now. He's actually paying taxes. He's not, he's, I think he's 19, 20 now. And we need a lawyer, no joke, actually, to help um, Mohammed stay in the country because he's quite clear I cannot go back. All my family are dead. My only family is Joyce and Glenn Brown. Now, I. How did your mum and dad find him? No, it's so um, they've been taking in children since about 1998, foster boys, and he was the, the third from last. And suffice to say, that boy is so bloody lovely, he's going to chew into my inheritance. He's an absolute credit. Uh, Every other Sunday, comes round to my mum and dad's because he doesn't live there anymore and brings them flowers, uh, brings my mum flowers. And he um, comes round um, and just says, you know, very clearly... I have this is my family this is my country mm. um, I love England and I love I love Joyce and Glenn and I couldn't believe it when I went home um, last week just before I came to Canada so I decided to go home and see my mum and dad to say uh, Merry Christmas and they said Mohammed had been detained for two days he was locked up the Home Office was saying no uh, reviewed your case we're going to send you back now Midmi City no I'm not going to be knocking on your door and saying please please can you help us but I think one one of the reasons why I did want people to reveal exactly what they did is so that we could, you know, refer to, Mm. um, you know, listeners, uh, professions and how it will affect the storylines and how and if they could actually comment on things. And it just adds an extra layer of familiarity uh, to these voices. But, you know, when she said that, I just just couldn't believe it. As I say, this is Mm. exactly what our family is going through at the moment. And as I say, Daily Mail readers won't like me for for saying this, but if a 14-year-old child comes to our borders and says asylum, I just think it shows you the, the, you know, the good and greater countries that they take them in and mm. I don't I don't want Mohammed to go back he, you know he is as far as I'm concerned British and he's actually paying taxes now mm. crikey mm. where's he being det- so he's being detained while they're reviewing his case yeah no that he was detained for two or three nights um, he was locked up but now they've let him out they've obviously believed that he's not going to abscond uh, because he, he is working you know he has got rooms yeah. he's got 
our family and he does have a job and they've said okay whilst reviewing your case but this is like it's the first time he's actually been detained but this is periodic they they, they do um you know beat down his door quite frequently and say i i you know we're going to kick you yeah. out and he's been given a stay um at least once if not twice but mid city will know exactly the, mm. the process of this mm. so anyway he is my brother from another mother you know it's, a, it's a yeah. easy to say but he absolutely is and um yeah he, he fled afghanistan um five six years ago and uh came here and i'm glad that he did mm. cool can't remember what our call said now crumbs you know what i've, I've spoken about just about every member of my family in this episode <laughs> I've got a little brother called Kieran. Um... <laughs> Hello, Jean. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? Um, Miss Mid City's looking forward to Blythe Spirit mm. as well. Mm. Yes. Hi, this is John Cop. It's Sunday evening. Wish you a happy Christmas first. And remember what Royfield said the other day I am retired. Anyway, I was driving back home from the match this evening. I had Radio 4 on, listened to the archers and then left it on, which was a mistake because feedback came on. And feedback, as you know, is produced by an independent company and is beholden to the BBC not to upset it or else it won't get its contract renewed. And it's always very servile to the BBC people it has on. Anyway, they had the director of Radio 4 on and surprise, surprise, lots of questions about the archers. People were complaining about the fact that it was becoming like EastEnders and someone had done a very clever merging of the two theme tunes. Um, and I could have written a script for the BBC lady because she would say that, wouldn't she, to paraphrase Mandy Rice-Davis. Um, full of defence for her wonderful editor who's doing a tremendous job. I wouldn't hear a word of criticism about her. But if you want to get your blood pressure up, she did say that he's going to be back on feedback. Um, he's going to be on feedback at the point when the programme returns sometime in February. So there's something to look forward to and keep your defibrillators handy. Happy Christmas and New Year. Bye. A John Cop. John Cop, don't listen to feedback. Just don't listen. It's like never read the comments under the... Uh, under a contentious piece in any online forum uh, and never listen to feedback. These are basic rules of life, love. <laughs> um, do you remember, Steve, I, I'm always quoting Stephen Fry on this, I don't know why. Someone noticed the other week that I did a, it was Damn It Marjorie, yes. a Fry and Lauren mm. reference. Um, but Stephen Fry said, don't do that, we'll get letters. Dear BBC, why, oh, why was my four-year-old grandmother subjected to da 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 And uh, that's what feedback's full of. Four-year-old grandmother? Yeah, exactly, that's what he meant. They're always either saying, my my 100-year-old grandma was extremely shocked or my four-year-old child was extremely shocked or whatever. And you think, just turn it off. If you don't like it, there's a massive button that says on, off. Press that. <laughs> um, yes. Well, yeah, I don't... <laughs> Ah, the, I think everybody, new editors don't come in and start chucking their weight around without having been given a very strict mandate by the BBC. So I think possibly we're all having a go at Sean, what's his face? And actually he's just 
trying to put into action the points that he's the advice that he's been given by the BBC, which is probably, for God's sake, let's have some more, <coughs> excuse me, young people in, um, and uh, blah blah blah. You know, uh, let's pep up the storylines a bit. And then he's doing what he's told. Mm, but but it's, it's two things. They did he apply for the job or was he headhunted for it? You know, so because no. a case of we yeah, yeah, want yeah. Sean because he's yeah. going to sex up yeah. these storylines, or he's got expertise in X and Y and Z, and that's what we need. Um, there's that. Then there's just the basic common kind of ego in that you come into a position like this, even if it's not broke, you're going to want to fix it, aren't you? because you want to put your stamp on it here is this great british institution it's been running for you know a thousand and one years um and you know you want to put your stamp on it you know so so there's those kind of two things um but in this push to have in inverted commas proper actors um they are all coming from the same kind of gene pool and so hence they're sounding the same Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, I kind of understand that basic um, desire to wanting to put your stamp on this great British institution. That's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. And dare I say it, us listeners have been listening for 20, 30 plus years. We're incredibly sensitive to change. And dare I say it, for a lot of us, this is. And I mean this in the nicest possible way because I am a fan. It is our wallpaper, and we and we like it to create these kind of familiar shapes and patterns. And it's kind of in the background of our lives. What we don't mm-hmm. want is explosions and you know and and uh, contrafoes and bypasses and you know selling up of Brookfield. We just go well. That's just nonsense. It's never going to happen. Type of thing. We want the Lillian and um, the Lillian and Linda uh, battles mm. it over Blythe Spirit. However, as I said a few podcasts ago, um, by, the, by, by the looks of the ratings, um, we is in a minority and, um, you know, Sean's sexing up of things is having um, a, an effect on ratings. And dare I say it, if no, if listenership of the archers was just getting grey and dying off um, then people be moaning and saying well you know why is this thing you know on our radio because no one's listening yeah. to it blah 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 so it does need to move along with the times to a degree but I think we're just moaning about the rate of change not that you can't have yeah. any change it's the rate of change there is something to be said for you know uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity and if people are talking about it for every one person that's moaning about it there's going to be two others that go and listen to find out what they're moaning about so you know i suppose we're kind of we're part of that aren't we absolutely absolutely um i have a quick aside mm-hmm. um, i know it's normally you that does the asides but mm-hmm. i decided to go off on a tangent right. um i will endeavor to pull you back on uh, track uh, towards okay. the end of your aside. I'll try and sense when you come into the end of your aside. <laughs> and you just shout, please desist, or whatever it was that I, you have to yeah. say to me. <laughs> Shut up and desist. Um, uh, there, it, For people that really enjoy the Linda and Lillian um, exchanges mm. and their relationship and the nuances of that, and mm. I know, I think, I think a lot of people do, there is a show coming out, an adaptation coming out in uh, shortly, I think, uh, called Map and Lucia. 
And mm. Map and Lucia was a book written by the ex-mayor of Rye, E.F. Uh, e. Benson, who graduated from... He was a, a Cambridge Don. Um, and they are very camp, class-ridden chronicles of a village in East Sussex, which is Rye, but he calls Tilling. Um, they are second only to P.G. Woodhouse's My Most Beloved Books. Uh, there's about five or six of them. And they just deal with the squabble for social supremacy in Tilling between uh, Elizabeth Mapp and uh, Lucia. Uh, Lucia. Oh, I've gone completely blank. Lucia Pilsen. And if you like the Lillian and Linda bits, you will love Mapp and Lucia. And get in there now and read them before uh, before the adaptation because you'll get so much more out of it. it they are... I cannot stress how fantastic they are and you don't forget them and they it's it, it's so English in that ostensibly nothing is happening and yet everything is happening because there are minor triumphs minor scores minor skirmishes that wreak devastation on this little on this little village it's absolutely brilliant just completely brilliant. That's it. You didn't need to say desist or shut up or anything. Right. Cosmo is on holiday. And he has worked himself up into a frothing mess, quite <laughs> frankly. This is the most categoric takedown of, of an artist episode I've ever heard. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Can I nominate the exchanges on Thursday between Adam and Charlie as the worst writing and editing ever? Now, that is a big statement there, Cosmo. It's a very um, big statement. One, Adam and Home Farm do not need... Now, you're going to have to put put the kettle on. Brace yourselves for this because it goes on, right? <laughs> Adam and Home Farm do not need or have a digger as the capital investment would not be justified. Two, if Adam needs a digger, he calls Eddie, who looks after drains, ditches and hedges. Three, the estate has multiple entrances. Blimey, Cosmo. Sawyer's Farm, where the estate office is based. Barrow Farm for the mega dairy and the access used by Ed for his cows. So it would not be cut off. Four, at present, the only team going on and off the estate is Adam and the home farm team, so no one else needs access. Five, rebuilding a trackway would not form part of any farming contract. It is a special job and would need a quote and approval. He's put five again. <laughs> Six, he means. <laughs> RB farming were appointed because they are large and flexible. As am I. They would have been keen to demonstrate this if asked. Digger and man would appear quickly. Stop Six. and desist. <laughs> I, the image finished. of you being flexible. <laughs> Large and flexible, I said. Well, I, I, I'm a gentleman, so I wasn't going to refer to your size. But... Six. Where on earth is Ambridge? If it is in the countryside, then how did Charlie order sandwiches and coffee? Is the orangery doing takeaways now? This entire sequence disrespects Ambridge history and continuity, as well as being poor writing and editing. Oh, and why did the road collapse? Another strange change in underground waterways. P.S. David, you prat. You have not signed anything yet. You can still back out. There we go. You know what? That was... No wonder he needs a holiday, I tell you. He's lying on his sunbed, Good staring heavens. up at the sky, I should think. What do you reckon Cosmo's IQ is? How the hell... Yeah, I, yeah. How do you know the exits exactly. and exits to but, the bloody farm? But it sounds so plausible when, when everything that he's written. Let's go. Oh yeah, well yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay, I'll tell you yeah. what. If we ever the have to, if we ever have to investment go... needed for a digger. <laughs> <laughs> do 
you know what, Royce? If we mm. ever needed, if Dumpty Dum, God forbid, ever <coughs> had to... Sorry, I've got a foul. <coughs> Cough at the moment, I can't stop coughing. If Dumpty Dum ever had to uh, take on a legal battle, we have got a bloody crack team of experts here. Absolutely. I think we could probably take on the cabinet. We've got <laughs> so We've got terrifyingly bright people with the kind of attention to detail that makes grown men weep, quite frankly. It's astonishing. And I'm always tempted to start a massive squabble with somebody just so that I can go, chaps, over to you, and let them rip them apart. Great. <laughs> no, listen, uh, you're absolutely no, let's right. Let's not do that. <laughs> in any legal rumble, you want Cosmo in your yep. corner. And Miss Mid-City. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if Bismuth City just did that voice, I think that would that would. <laughs> I think they could ask the population and back off like mad. <laughs> oh, they, they do seem like a little pair of Rottweilers, don't they? Um, yes. But um, do you remember last week I witted on about the old guy on a bike in Worthing? The man who shouted out the rude things. Yeah. Yeah. Up your skirt. Now, well. <laughs> I did say that some listener would know who he was, and yes... The Starchers and Langbard oh, tweeted to us that the gentleman in question was one Horace Duke, who unfortunately died in the mid-90s. Now, he was the town dandy from the 1950s to his death in the mid-90s, and there are loads of places dedicated to him on the interwebs. So you've got to love our listeners for helping fill in the blanks. Ah. Via the Twitters, we had an interesting question from Candida Beeching, who asked, who are the youngest proper, not like my kids, who are made to in the car, and and oldest listeners of the Archers? Now, I know that Jembe, who's Millie Bell's daughter, absolutely actively listens to the show, and she's about nine. Are you older than Peggy Woolley and still listening? Or are you in reception class and down with Abby Tucker? Let us know, folks. Now... Before we do the top five hashtag the Archer Suites of the Week, let's have a commercial break. And then it's Mealy Bell's roundup of the Book of Face. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone, it's Millie Bell here. Uh, today has been taken up with rehearsals for me because we have uh, an interesting tradition over here which is carols by candlelight. It's usually really hot like today and people sit out on rugs and we have lots of Christmas carols and because I'm actually from the UK it always seems slightly odd to me. I want to be cold when I'm doing Christmas carols. Anyway, I'm just between the uh, sound check and going back and I've had a quick look at the uh, Facebook page and we asked you, what is Santa bringing the residents? of Ambridge and some of you were not very kind with your suggestions uh, Alexandra Raystrick has suggested coal so many lumps of coal and Mark Everton rather unkindly said herbal tea poisoning which I didn't think was quite in the spirit and Tom Oldfield has suggested foot and mouth however I think we've been there Daniel Green said um, a letter for David and Ruth to remind them that a couple of lanes of road won't bring the whole farming system grinding to a halt Peter Mabbott said condom-scented aftershave for Roy, which uh, (laughs) was interesting. And Celia Collins also wanted a present for Roy, which was sour grapes. Sarah Charlie Harding said a sense of perspective for Jenny Darling, a blow-up doll for PC Carpet Burns, 
and hopefully a standing ovation for Linda Snell. However, my favourite this week was from Sharon Robson and the present that Santa will bring to the residents of Ambridge is a partridge in Woodby. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Luce? Yeah. What are your top five hashtag Archer's tweets of the week? Yes? Yeah, go. Uh, Maeve, this is two tweets squished into one because I like both of them. Maeve in the big press. This is, oh, have a heart attack, Jill. Please, you can join Moni in the HDU for Christmas. Anything to break the root B Brookfield tedium. I think she's just trying to get herself written out of this god-awful storyline. Keep trying, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) Mr Bean, who is, uh, uh, not Mr Bean, Ginger Beans, who is very dry, said... It's kennel cough. John John 21 said, if anyone has any ideas for a plot, please forward to mailbox at BBC Birmingham. <laughs> uh, everyone's focused. Everyone's just waiting for the big thing, the big medical thing that is going to happen. Mel Parker just put Jill face down in sausage meat. <laughs> <laughs> and Dawn Oliver said, after listening to the, the last rehearsal of uh, Blythe Spirit, if this is an example, this is the tweet of the week. If this is an example of what the Boxing Day performance is going to be like, I am going to need a bigger gin bottle. <laughs> uh, we do a line in um, gin hip flasks on the Dumpty Dum shop, by the way. Marvellous. Yeah, yeah. And it does say, what, 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 did, what does it say, Lucy, on them? Something about... Uh, splash of gin. Uh, splash of gin in that, darling. Yeah. And uh, we've sold a couple of those, so... Ah, good. yeah. Oh, we done. We are. Oh, and thank you so much for everybody who's been wishing us happy Christmas and all that. Oh, it's yes. really, really nice. Yeah. Lovely. We're making you very, very happy this week. Mm. Ah, so, <laughs> I, I didn't have to tell you to desist once. Well, I did, but that was just like a bit of a comedy desist. Yes. Mm. And that'll be good this week. No, you have, you have. And um, and again, I'm, I'm I'm sorry if I if I appeared to be a bit kind of and angry last week. You just sounded quite grumpy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know, but some some alignment of me of me cosmic stars or something. I think it's because you were stressing about getting your tickets and leaving and all that. Oh God, no. <laughs> oh God, no. That wouldn't have been the reason. <laughs> But that's it, Dumpty Dum is over. Remember to go to our site, dumdydum.com, to get involved, where you can get your credit cards out and you can get Dumpty Dum merch to cheer up your new year. But just to remind you all, we have a new range of archer swag, which are guaranteed to pep up any sofa gathering and bling up any fridge or cupboard. Now, um, if you do buy something, please tweet us back on Facebook with a pic like Vegan Neil, Mike Blake and Carol Cunningham did this week because we need photographic proof of how wonderful you all look with our swag. Were now, they the people that looked three sheets to the wind? Yes. they. Got ah, it. I want to do that, were. Yeah, that was Mike Blake and Carol Cunningham. <laughs> they Vegan... did make me laugh. They looked very, they looked in an advanced state of refreshment. Exactly. I have rarely people seen two people who look more hydrated than they did. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it was that dumped in a mug. It got it the party started. It absolutely <laughs> did. Um, now, folks, Dumpty Dum will always be gratis. It will always be free. However, time and bandwidth don't come cheap. So if you've got any spare readies, um, why don't you hit the PayPal donate button on the site and give us some cold, hard moolah. Um, none of that Russian ruble stuff, because that's all like depreciating faster than what drops really fast. 
Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Oh God, you I, I, you dropped. Fallon's knickers. Yes, there you go. Jolene's knickers. No. Oh, sorry. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, no no rubles, just like you know, sterling, pound sterling, please. Um, or you can go to patreon.com uh, mm-hmm. slash dumpty dum and you can donate two dollars a show, which is about one pound thirty in your earth money. Yes. Now, um, a couple of people have said to me, um, why is it in dollars? It's in dollars because it's an American website. Um, don't worry. It will, you know, it will just take it off of your debit card um, and do the currency conversion for you. And it is about £1.30. But there's nothing we can do. And then people said, you can just put it in pounds, please, Royfield. Can't. It's an American website. Um, now, reviews, news, news of reviews. We have <laughs> two folks. Yay! Bonus sequins and... Otto the Bull. Who wrote that you are the Regina of monologues and that we... Regina. Oh, thank God for that. (laughs) Of monologues. And that we are a great British institution of a great British institution. We probably should should be in some sort of institution, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Yes, we should be producing this show from the institution that is famed across the globe for broadcasting, the BBC. BBC. Yes. Now... I think, right? But then we wouldn't be able to make jokes about crack, would we? Well, I don't care. I'll sell my soul, just like David Archer's prepared to sell his soul. You know, Ooh. and I wouldn't even need seven point five million big ones. You know, um, yeah, exactly. If the BBC were to say to me, Royfield, right, um, we'll give you a pack of frazzles each week, right? Uh, and then we need to replace you because you because you can't even read out your own scripts. But we'll take your idea. We'll get somebody more competent with old Lucy Freeman to produce this. We'll whack it on Radio 4 Extra. I'll be well happy. So I think what we should do, we should get our listeners to have a spontaneous groundswell of uh, and create a, a movement. And they should tweet at and email Radio 4 Extra and say, wait a minute. You've just spent how much money getting that serial podcast, that American malarkey, on Radio 4 Extra? When there is a cu- there are a couple of people uh, in the UK producing something which, you know, is as good and is extremely relevant. And you know what? It's made in Britain. It's British, god damn it. Let's get da, that. Da, 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 da. Can we have that playing in the background? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Land of hope and glory. <laughs> Lucy and Royfield should be on the radio. <laughs> Royfield doesn't mind if he isn't actually, but as long as he gets the credit <laughs> and a packet of frazzles. Please, email from Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> I don't think asking people to have a spontaneous yes. groundswell no, of no, opinion no. The, strictly counts as a spontaneous groundswell listen, of opinion. no, it's just a gentle nudge. You know yes. about these kind of nudge techniques? Yes, whatever. It's, yes. Just, it's yes. a gentle yeah. nudge, and I know that somebody like Paul Room or Mid Miss City or Cosmo, they will... Yes, we'll, th- we'll say to them, if you don't let us on Radio 4 Extra, Cosmo will email you every day for a fortnight. Absolutely, absolutely. That That'll man, put the fear of God into them. Yeah, that man's a bloody rottweiler. Go for it, Cosmo. The ball's in your court. Or anybody else. No, because if it's spontaneous, people should just do it from the four corners of the United Kingdom, shouldn't they? Yes. Exactly. So there you go, folks. Um, let's get us on Radio 4 Extra. 
Um, and then whilst you're doing that, remember you can also send us a voicemail message via the site or you can call us at 02030313105 from a normal, regular phone that you can call people on. And you can leave us a message because that's cool because um, that's kind of the, the grist to the mill of our show. And you can ping us a regular textual type message or an email um, via the site too because it works like that. Or you can find at Dumpty Dum on the Twitters or you can tweet me at Royfield. Or me at Lucy V Freeman. So it's um, we're coming to the end of the year. So what we'd like to say is please, please, please have a lovely Christmas. You've given us so much happiness this year. If you have half as good a time at your Christmas than we have had doing this over the year, then you'll have a fine time. And thank you all so much for your uh, messages and your support and your incredibly funny tweets and um, the general Dumpty Dum love because it makes us very, very happy. It's one of the, well, it is the nicest thing that I've done for years and years and years, this. So thank you. No, it uh, it absolutely means um, an awful lot to me also. And we will be giving a, a roll call of people who've donated and who have bought stuff um, in not in the next show, the show after, because uh, we realise that not everybody wants uh, the fact that they've bought something uh, <laughs> publicised because some of them are for presents. But um, it does mean an awful lot to us. Not that just you listen, but also um, you're so behind what we, what we do that you're prepared yeah. to get uh, credit cards, debit cards out of wallets and purses. Um, thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful Christmas, and we'll see you the other side. Bye. Oh, I've got all emotional now. Oh. <laughs> Don't laugh. No, 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 no. It's lovely. So, oh, it is. would you please what? desist? Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm desisting. Come on, you are British after all. Yes, stiff upper lip. Yes. Mm. I'm an English woman, and I'm on dry land. Hello Dumpty Dum, it's John from Newcastle here. Just a really quick message this week. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the archers that much, except to say that I am really looking forward now to the Blythe Spirit episode on Boxing Day. Um, Following Lucy's recommendation on last week's podcast, I looked up the Blythe Spirit film on iTunes, um, the one starring Margaret Rutherford and Rex Harrison, and it was absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to see that, um, hear that rather, should I say, on Boxing Day, um, and hear the archers' take on it, particularly Linda doing Madam Marcati. I think it'll be great. Uh, no, the reason I really want to call in this week is just to say um, a big thank you and Merry Christmas to the two of you and to all the other listeners. It's been a genuine pleasure to listen to you this year um, and to hear everybody and speak to you all on Twitter, of course. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it and uh, my weeks wouldn't be the same without it now. So a big thank you. I hope you both have a fantastic time over the Christmas period. I hope all the listeners have a fantastic time and I look forward to speaking to you and hearing from you again in the new year. Thanks very much and bye for now. Oh, uh, also, don't forget to check your PayPal stocking because I think Santa might have slipped something in there. Once again, a massive thank you and I hope that goes some way towards keeping this fantastic podcast on the air. Thank you again and bye for now. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Jan from Cannes calling. Um, it was so awesome to hear that Royfield is going to be in Toronto, I gather, uh, this coming weekend, maybe for even longer. Um, and Royfield, you were right, um, I am a fair distance away, so it might be a bit difficult for me to get to you. Um, it's 4,300 kilometers 
from where I live in Vancouver on the west coast and Toronto is a slightly east of the center of the country uh, but you were right Royfield um, Alberta is one province away and I was born and raised there anyway uh, I would love to meet you sometime and the only other way I can think that we might meet is if you wanted to fly from Toronto and have a stopover in Vancouver on your way to San Francisco. Well, a person can fantasize anyway. I love the show today. It was super good, super fun, awesome. And uh, I wish you a safe and happy journey. And if I don't call in again before Christmas, Merry Christmas and the very best to both of you. <coughs> oh, I forgot. Can I say something quickly? Yeah, go. But it'll have to be put back in. Or not. It's up to you. I don't mind. Uh, on New Year's Day, mm. uh, BBC Radio 4 are doing a 10-hour consecutive broadcast of um, War and Peace. And I am doing the social media for it. So I will be tweeting as BBC Radio 4 hashtag War and Peace. Mm -hmm. So uh, if any of you want to tweet BBC Radio 4 at hashtag uh, not at you know what I mean um, hashtag war and peace then it will be me that answers you um, and it'll be very nice to have a chat with any of you because I'm feeling a bit nervous about doing it so it'll be uh, very lovely to hear from anybody and um, it's a fantastic adaptation so we're guessing that our audience is going to be either people who are too hungover to struggle over to turn the radio off or people who uh, have kind of war and peace obsessives who've been looking forward to this for six months or something um, but Yes. So, but anybody who wants to have a chat, anybody who wants to um, to to listen and and tweet along, that would be absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. I'm going to send you a tweet from San Francisco. Are you? Yeah, because that's where I'll be then. Yeah. I'm going to say hello from the other side of the world. Um, just whilst we're talking about kind of tweety podcasty type things, um, yes. two things. Um, I got into podcasting by doing a thing called How Jamaica Conquered the World, which looks at the spread of Jamaican cultural influence uh, throughout the globe. And I know a lot of people will think, well, like, mm, that doesn't sound like my bag. But I think you might well be surprised because I'd like to think that I put together put the, the show together in somewhat of an entertaining uh, and informative way. So um, I wonder if I couldn't, A, invite some listeners actually to listen to it and B... Um, if you like it, if you don't, it's fine. But if you do like it, um, could you pop us a review on iTunes? And whilst I'm on iTunes, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say about the lack of reviews. But somebody um, told me there is another way of getting to the top of the podcast charts. And it's something which somebody did on XFM. Basically, folks, if you subscribe to the show in iTunes this week, could you please unsubscribe and then subscribe again? And the very fact that so many people did it within a week, that show rocketed up the charts because as far as iTunes was concerned, these were all new subscribers. So I repeat, if you listen to Dumpty Dum via iTunes, if you listen to it via the website, what it's happens done. if everyone unsubscribes and then forgets to resubscribe? We're stuffed then, aren't we? No, because they're going to subscribe again straight away. So don't okay. wait a day, 
an hour, <laughs> you know, a and minute, and then forget. No, what you got to do is unsubscribe, then subscribe again straight away. And some XFM DJ figured this out, and then his show went into the, the top ten. So, um, yeah, it feels the, like cheating, though. Which it, is well, cheating, it's, it? it's. I think it's called gaming the system. Okay, and that sounds better. Yes, it's not cheating, cheating, but it's a case of looking at the system, knowing where the flaws are, and exploiting those loopholes. So let's exploit away, folks. Unsubscribe and then subscribe again on iTunes. There you go. Oh, and uh, have a listen to me, How Jamaica, because some of my proudest work, other than working with Lucy V. Freeman, is on there. So I haven't heard that. You know, I've been meaning to listen for a whole year. Oh, please do. I've I. I've had such an amazing ride with that and it's still not finished. I've still got about 10 shows to go. Um, so I interviewed General Colin Powell, Jazzy B, Diane Abbott, uh, Prime Minister of Jamaica, the last Prime Minister of Jamaica, my really? mum, my dad. Um, I've done music producers, uh, Steely and Cleavy. Well, um, dare I say Steely's dead now, but I did Cleavy. I've done King Tubby, old Jamaican kind of record producers. You name it, I've done. And also one of the most interesting people I interviewed was a guy called Professor Paul Kurzweil. And if you listen to the little trail that's at the start of this show for it, How Jamaica Conquered the World, you'll hear David Starkey talking about Jamaican Patwa, which was taken from when the, the riots in 2011 and he famously or infamously went on to Newsnight and said this because of the, you know, uh, because British kids want to now sound Jamaican and had they speak in this Jamaican Patwa. Now, the expression Jafakan was yeah. actually coined, I believe, by the Sun newspaper, but it's Professor Paul Kurzweil that actually wrote the academic paper in about 2005, uh, documenting the change in Cockney, traditional kind of Cockney English as we'd understand it, and how it'd been infused with uh, this Jamaican inflection. And everybody by everybody has said this, you know, you'll get on a bus in London and you'll hear some kid behind you and you think that they're black and you turn around and they're yeah. white and whatever. Yeah. And he wrote that academic paper that explains how uh, this Jamaican inflection, because if these kids go to Jamaica, they do not sound Jamaican, but is this kind of mashup yeah. um, London Cockney yeah. way of It's speaking. like London Starney, that kind of thing as exactly, well, Exactly, exactly. That's what my so, children speak sometimes. So I interviewed him, Professor Paul Kurzweil, did a whole show about uh, Jafakan and just talked Talking to him was absolutely brilliant. So I haven't just got um, a whole bunch of uh, Jamaicans and uh, people who have a direct kind of ancestral link to the island. You know, we have looked at the spread of Jamaican cultural influence. You know, why is it, for, for argument's sake, that somebody like Usain Bolt is the world's most popular sportsman? It isn't just because he runs bloody fast. It's also because actually he's not American. And mm. why is it that uh, Jamaica, when it comes to the Olympics, is everybody's kind of second favourite country uh, it's because it is this third world country which punches above its weight and is seen as non-threatening in, in kind of in that way in in a way that let's say American sportsmen or Australian sportsmen have a certain kind of swagger in inverted swagger kind of associated with them so and then I weave this all together with a wonderful tapestry of Jamaican influence, influenced music. And the last show I did was about the real Cool Runnings uh, bobsleigh team. So, mm. Mm, and um, gosh, I was just talking to somebody about this just the other day. But the so the film Cool Runnings um, is obviously based on you know 
on in fact that in the um, 1988 oh, um, Winter Olympics that Jamaica did send a team yeah. to um, to Calgary to compete in the bobs- bobsled. But little known fact that actually the person who pressed the button on it was actually uh, a major in the Jamaican army and it was a, a, a major Barnes who's actually John Barnes's father. John Barnes, the footballer, comes from this military family in Jamaica. And when the Americans, um, these two Americans, and they're knocking about in Jamaica, and they're saying, we think that um, these sprinters can push a bobsled. They actually go to the Jamaican military, and it's actually John Barnes's father that says, yes, um, we can do that, and we'll find you a pilot who's got good hand-eye coordination who can actually pilot the... uh, like the bobsled uh bobsled sorry and um that was a, a great show just speaking to him and his kind of recollections of the of the crash in in sochi but little known fact that actually um two olympics afterwards they actually did quite well and actually came 10th or 11th really yeah 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 but dare i say it, it <coughs> that doesn't a disney movie make you know no. so uh, but anyway how Jamaica conquered the world um, it's how I got into podcasting uh, I'm going to pick up the baton again get the series finished um, so please 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 um, if you're just interested in popular culture world popular culture because without Jamaica you wouldn't have any hip hop and a lot of people say well bloody hell we shouldn't have any Jamaica I hate hip hop but just the very uh, fact of talking um, over music uh, was a Jamaican invention in terms of uh, popular music and without Jamaica you'd have no hip-hop and people always think hip-hop that's American but the genesis of that is even Jamaican and I could go on and on and on and I have done and at that point I really think the after show credit talk needs to end. (laughs) Royfield please desist. (laughs) desist yourself sir it's now longer than the show (laughs) toodaloo everybody have a merry christmas bye-bye lucy v freeman bye-bye bye bye cool we're done mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.